Hello everybody and welcome to Brunvagoon. You will not get there on a road bike and it's exactly the case to say that on this episode. How you doing people? I'm doing pretty good and uh, just a bit update on the open bike, on the open app that I'm waiting for. I think that at this moment it is at the um, red border pass clearance, whatever it is the name of it. And in Germany to arrive to Switzerland. Hopefully, when you're gonna listen to that, I'm gonna know more or less where it is, and hopefully, I'm gonna assemble everything up by next weekend, actually this weekend. And so the frame is on its way to here, to Switzerland. I don't know anything about wheels. I bought a pair of hands for season I think is the name and uh, I'm waiting for them to ship it still don't know anything didn't receive anything from them finger crossed as you have seen from my social media by the way Calamaro CC on Instagram I'm looking for tires and I think I'm gonna probably take advantage of something that my friend Andrea hi Andrea how you doing is um, gonna provide me for the first ride he's also the guy who will help me on assembling the bike together and he has a lot of spare parts that we are gonna assemble on the bicycle I can't wait hopefully one week you're gonna know a bit more about it really I really can't wait for it couple of things before to start with the episode of today. Actually, only one thing to, before to start. And uh, remember that if you want to support me or us, if we want to talk also about Simon, I, Simon, the easiest thing that you can do is to look to this podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, however you want to call it, and review it, subscribe to it, put a rating out of it. That's really the best thing that you can do for me. Jump on the episode of today. This is an amazing story, as usual. As you know, I follow an amazing newsletter that is a newsletter of my friend John, John Woodruff of Two Tone Amsterdam. By the way, just go to uh, twotoneamps.nl let me check. Yes, twotoneamps.nl and subscribe to his newsletter. He's an amazing digest of everything that happens during the week about bicycles, startups, sales tactics, uh, living in a working liquid working environment, I would say, redness and everything like this. So I've seen from this newsletter, weekly newsletter, that also this year, Ampler, Ampler is the brand of bicycles, electric bicycle. They were, I think, founded in uh, Kickstarter some years ago, and now they are doing one of the best e-bikes for commuting you can ever imagine. They are based in Estonia, and they have their main uh, shop in Berlin. So a lot of things, you know, John, Tutong, and then Estonia, and then Berlin, and Bicycle, a lot of things that are pretty close to me. And uh, I've seen from his newsletter, going back, that Ampler was challenge, was launching again the Ampler challenge. So something like some of the biggest commuting that you would, you can do, it's a bit a mix, let's put it in this way, between a commuting with an e-bike and a bikepacking adventure. And while last year it was something a bit smaller, let's say this year they decided to open up 
for candidature. And I think that they received something like more than 4,000 candidature or stuff like this. And then they choose three stories for making uh, this kind of challenge happen. Between these three stories, the one that really hit my feelings and uh, uh, fantasy as well is the story of Andrew. Andrew is a nurse consultant and he decided to go from his place, the place where he lives, to Yona, a place that is really close to him because it was, it was the place where 20 years ago, more or less, he went with his wife for honeymoon, with a car, obviously. Unfortunately, uh, Andrew's wife lost her life some years ago, and since then, he actually had in mind that the perfect thing to do is to use the bicycle, that you, actually the tool that he uses for um, building up back, a bit of clarity in his mind, that uses as meditation and also for commuting, to go and use the bicycle to go back to Yona. But he never had the key. Probably didn't tell you all the story, but let's say this is an amazing story. I interviewed Andrew and it was an inspiring story talking about everything that can happen in life and everything that can really kicks you back to start again, everything that you have to start and still remember what is in your life. Andrew, this is the story and everything will start from here. So yeah, another episode, probably is another month. I don't know, I say all the time probably because I really don't know. Now I'm recording and it's October, I don't know when this episode is gonna go live, but that's not important. The important thing is that today I am here with an amazing character on the other side of the microphone and I'm gonna mistake, misspell your name and surname properly. On the other side of the microphone, there's Andrew Thorne. Hi, Andrew. How are you doing? Hello, Stefano. And can I just say you pronounced that perfectly there? You are so kind. <laughs> well, I would say I wanted just to give a small background out here on how I got in contact to you. And uh, just to tell you people a small, really short story, then I will let my guest speak most of the time. And uh, yeah, I usually am... Um, following pretty closely all the adventures that are around Ampler. And uh, I think thanks to John Woodruff, as usual, I name this guy all the time in my podcast, I've seen the press release about the Ampler challenge. And the most, the super impressive story that I've read, it was the story about Andrew. Then I got in contact with, the, with Thule, that is the PR manager of Ampler, thanks to GUI that works for Two Tones. And now I've been talking with Andrew, but tell us a bit more about yourself. Let's just start you talking because I'm talking really too much and people don't like my voice. Oh, I like your voice. <laughs> Thank you, man. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Andrew. I'm from um, Northumberland in England. I'm a mental health nurse and I did complete the Ampler Challenge on an Amplicurt bike uh, at the end of August which was a 1,000-kilometre um, bike ride from my hometown of Morpeth in Northumberland across to Iona, which is a small island in on the west coast of Scotland, and then back again. Cool. But this one was not your first experience with a bike. So you are already into cycling. You, you were and you are still into cycling. Yeah, I've been into cycling, um, well, to be honest, for as long as I can remember it. I grew up in the 70s, and that was before Facebook. In fact, I think it was probably before computers. So I've just cycled pretty much all my life. Um, my first 
bike you might not remember. Do you remember BSA cycles? BSA cycles. Yeah, it was it was a good cycle, I suppose, but it, it was very much a kid's bike. It was a single speed, flat bar, um, small kind of bike, but I just fell in love with cycling use, using that little bike. I used to do stunts on it. I remember I once followed my big brother. Um, I did probably about 50k on this ride. I think I was only about 11 at the time, but I just, I just did this bike because I thought I am not going to lose this guy. So uh, I, I went quite far on it. And, and that's what I've done pretty much all my life is I've been a cyclist. I, I wouldn't say I'm particularly competitive, but I do like to um, get out on and, you know, and have a ride sort of a few times per week. I used to use it to, to get to college and back. Um, and I've used it for commuting at various times in my life as well uh what i found though is that when i was at college using my bike i pro probably i pretty much preferred to do the the cycling rather than the college work and so it's it's just always been something cycling's always been something that i've uh, really enjoyed and and continue to enjoy okay 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 so yeah you're taking cycling as yeah you're your main way to make exercise or there is also something beside that yeah cycling's my first love um i do run as well quite a lot i'm not a particularly good runner um although probably have got better over the last few few years my, my brother my younger brother is actually a really good runner and, and i have this ongoing debate with him over you know which is the better sport running or, or cycling and he challenged me a few years ago to to start running, um, and then I, I sort of got into it from from there. Do you have Park Run over um, where you are? Um, park, sorry, Park Run. Have you heard of Park Run? What well, I actually not sure, not super familiar with Park Run. It's just a park where you are running, or is a way of running? What is it? No, it, well, Park Run is this sort of um, international phenomena now uh, that was started up uh, 15 years ago in uh -huh. in Surrey and it was it's a 5k it's every, every Saturday morning 9am a 5k run and everybody around the world does this same 5k run and, and I started getting into that um, and uh, I'm presently also involved in um, volunteering to support and help sort of manage the, the runs as well so yes, I, I do run as well. Having said all of that, cycling is my big thing. Um, and if somebody said, right, Andrew, you can either choose to cycle or run for the rest of your life, which would it be? It would be cycling without question. I can completely be with you on that. I'm now on the website of parkrun.com. I really didn't know at all about it. And it looks pretty interesting. But yeah, besides of that, my doctor told me that I cannot run anymore. But five kilometers in not is nothing. I probably can do that. Yeah. Yes, my back will not be hurt so much because of that, I think, right? But there are all the countries, but it's not Switzerland here. That's a shame. Well, Stefano, you say it's a shame, but maybe the first one up. <laughs> Ah, you can do it by yourself, right? I'm going to contact these guys. Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, it's not about Park Run here that we have to talk. It's about your Ampler Challenge. So when the first time I've seen your story and then there is a video and everything is going to be down in the description below, it was really something pretty, I would say, powerful. It was really a great message and everything that is around it, it's 
amazing, really. And uh, yeah, I would love actually you to introduce us with uh, your story and why you, you have done this sample challenge and uh, everything around it. Okay, yeah, I'll uh, try and, and sort of put this in context. I mean, the, the Ampler Challenge was something that I just happened to see online. I think it was on one of the big magazines mm-hmm. and it just caught my attention because people were look ampler were looking for people to write in with their sort of a, a route a dream route that they've always wanted to do and then they were going to pick a number of people um to support them to carry out that route so i thought this was just too good an opportunity to miss just to sort of give you a little bit of my background story um I got married in 1997 um, to my wife of the time, Paula. And in in 1997, we, we found ourselves sort of, you know, not quite sure where we wanted to go on, on our honeymoon. So we just set off in the car just and, you know, we ended up in Scotland and then we sort of traveled across to the, uh, the West Coast and then across to Mull and somehow just ended up in Iona. We had no real plans to go there, but just ended up there. And if, if you've never been before, it really is a, a beautiful and really spiritual um, place. So we'd, we, we'd found ourselves there for the honeymoon and just both fell in love with the place. Um, there's a lot of history attached to it, but it really is the end of the line in terms of when you, you're on a, a, a journey. Um, so that was in '97. The years passed, and uh, Paula and I were really lucky in that we've had two boys. Uh, so I've got two two sons, Nathan and Isaac. Um, and then it, it all sort of started to, to fall apart a little bit in 2009 when Paula quite suddenly ended up unwell um, over the space of a, a weekend. And to, to cut a, a very long and, and probably quite traumatic story short, she um, died in 2011. So at the time, um, my two boys were 12 and eight years old. Um, and I thought to myself at the time, well, okay, what, what do I do with that? Because, you know, I was bereft and I was really traumatized uh, as well by the, the nature of the way in which uh, Paula had died, bless her. Um, but I couldn't grieve really because I had to, these two young boys. So I just thought, well, just you know, crack on. I had to just get my head down and, and get on and, and make sure that they were looked after. Um, but always, I suppose, the thing that kept me going through that time, or one of the things that kept me going, was this notion that at some point in time, my boys were going to be old enough to be self-sufficient and independent enough that would allow me to go on a bit of a journey um, and sort of, you know, give me that time. So I, I always knew as I was going through the, the years that at some point in time they were going to be old enough and I could then get my life back but also maybe spend some time grieving as well. And I always had this this notion in mind. So the last eight years or, or so, I've always had this notion in mind that I wanted to go back to Iona partly because that's where it all started. That's where the story started for us. But also just to give me that time and that headspace to, you know, take a few days out, get on my bike, which has always been my my place for sort of quiet reflection and and meditation, and just get back over there under my own steam. Um, 
as I've got older, I mean, I'm, I'm 50 next year. And as I've got older, I've thought, can I really do this? I'm not sure if I can. And, and you know, when the Ampler Challenge was first advertised, I thought, you know, maybe that's just a, an opportunity that is too good to, to miss. So that's why I put my application in and couldn't believe it when they got in touch and said, yep, you've uh, got this chance. So uh, so that's where it started from. I have to say, actually, um, Ampler have been superb and incredibly supportive and also incredibly sensitive about the, the whole experience for us. So I can't thank them enough for that. Um, it probably wouldn't be fair to say that it's the only thing that's kept me going, though. I mean, I think, you know, knowing that I could take this bike ride or, or have this opportunity for a, a journey like this at some point in the future has kept me going. But actually watching my children grow up and being in another relationship and having support of family and friends and all of those things have also kept me going through through the last eight years or so. Cool. Um, maybe just a couple of things. By the way, thanks a lot for sharing this with me and uh, with us. As I was saying, that's a story that is pretty intense. The bike ride was, was pretty intense. I remember there were times during the journey when um, I'd, I would find myself just involuntarily sort of like bursting into tears. And I was thinking, what, you know, what, what the hell is all that about? Where's all that come from? And it, it was, I, I guess, in, in that context, and I know, I think I said in my video, you know, this was a journey of, of six or seven days, but actually it was eight years journey that I was going through. And it, I suppose I, I really meant that in that I'd sort of put things on hold in terms of dealing with my own emotions. And what the bike ride allowed me to do was just to get that time and that headspace to deal with some stuff. Yeah, and um, that's why actually it comes my question, the thing that I have in mind now. Uh, you imagine from the first minute on that your way back to Yona would have been only with a bike. You didn't imagine to do the same trip with another way, I don't know, taking a train, if it's possible, a car or whatever else. Nope, it was always the bike, and it was always about giving me the opportunity to go somewhere that was special, um, but always do that in in a way that you know I would have the time, I would have the you know the the week or so of my own time to get that headspace and to to truly put in context the experience of the last you know eight to ten years. Um, and the only way that I could think to do that was the bike. A train journey would have been nice, a car journey across there, yes, it would have been lovely, but there was something really special about actually making this a poignant and pretty intense journey as, as well. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the simplest of rides. No, yeah, it makes a lot of sense, but that's something that comes also from uh, before because I've read also in your interviews that you are also using... You used it the same way for this trip, but you're using anyways in your life. Bicycle is a way of meditation or put some space, uh, make space in your head. Or I remember that also another of your scientists to find solution in yep. your head. And uh, how do you describe that? How do you, you can you define this kind of, uh, because it's, a, uh, I, I'm going to ask you because I want to also listen to, from your point of view, also from your, your professional experience, because for me, it's exactly the same. When I have, 
when I am overstressed or when I have too many things in my head or when I I don't feel completely okay with myself is exactly the same thing. I leave everything, I drop everything on the desk, whatever it is, even if could be important, but nothing is more important than yourself. And actually you're gonna make your stuff way better when you are a bit more relaxed. I drop everything on my desk. I took I take my bicycle and I go out. How can you describe this thing? How can you describe this feeling? And how can you describe this uh, I would say um methodology of doing it? Okay. Um I'll I'll try and sort of clarify it from my perspective. I mean, I think there's a number of things going on, not least of which when you're exercising and I think particularly when you're cycling, you do get this release of endorphins, which automatically starts to make you feel better anyway, you know, so there is that kind of sense of feeling alive and and much more alert than perhaps you would have been before. But much more than that, I think cycling itself is something that requires a lot of focus and attention. And when you've got that focus and attention, when when you are purely focusing on the bike ride itself and on the here and now, um, it gives you that opportunity not to let your own thoughts get in the way of a problem. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense, but if you think of the experience of cycling, it's a bit like mindfulness. I know a lot of people talk about mindfulness practice these days. Mindfulness essentially is is just a focus on on the present so it's about just being in the here and now and not letting worries and not letting the thoughts get in the get in the way of just being in the here and now and oftentimes that i'll find myself and i'm sure it's the same for most people when you've been for a bike ride what happens is you'll come back from that bike ride feeling refreshed and content but also you'll subconsciously have resolved some kind of difficulty and my belief is that that happens because you minimize the tendency to become too verbally immersed in in whatever problem you've got um because i i often find that you know when you when you do have a problem or when people are faced with problems they can overthink it where actually the solutions are probably fairly straightforward but you just need to let let your words not get in the way whilst you're resolving that in your head so it, it's a meditation. I mean, you know, meditation itself, it's um, the, in the truest sense, it's just defined as that kind of practice of focusing completely on a thought or an object. And I guess in the case of cycling, the object is just about being in the present and riding that bike. So it's getting that headspace, it's having the endorphin rush and the exercise, being out in the fresh air. But then it's also about having that focus where you are concentrating on riding the bike instead. I, I don't know if that f- is similar to your own experience, Devana, but that's uh, how it how it works for me. Well, yeah, for me is exactly this. So you described actually perfectly that. So really go out and just concentrate on your body, on your feelings. And uh, yeah, feelings, I mean, physical feelings. And continue doing something uh, something like a repetition because pedaling itself or uh, steering four turns or uh, also being completely focused on what happens around you. It can be being focused because there is road and cars around you, so you need to be focused. Also be focused on the environment that is outside because probably you are on a road that is completely empty but it's completely beautiful 
and you are overwhelmed by the environment that is around, this gives you exactly, uh, because for me, it works in this way. I jump on the bicycle, the fee, the first, let's say 10 to 15 minutes, I have my head that is still on the desk or my computer or my phone or whatever it is. But still you need to be focused. You force yourself for being focused because you are in, you know, completely uh, surrounded by cars and dangerous things. Then after this 15, 20 minutes, your mind is completely where here and now, as you were mentioning, here and now. And then I completely forget about I have my phone in my in my back pocket. I don't need to force myself not to touch it and not to watch to my emails and stuff. It's there, but I don't really care. The only thing that I need to care is my body. Yeah. Be focused on what's happening outside. Try to understand when I need to eat something before bonking super hard. And that's it. Then I completely disconnect. I completely put something like a layer between myself and the reality that you are living every day. And you are just discovering what you have inside and what enriches you because can be inside on your thoughts, on your solution that you find, on your headspace, or also outside, because it's, I don't know, a wonderful landscape or an amazing mountains in front of you or a sunset or whatever it is. So for me, it really is my space where I really get rid of everything that is superfluous. That's absolutely it. I mean, yeah, I think you've you've totally got it i mean that that's exactly why I, I i do what i do as well i mean for me it tends to be mornings and it tends to be about you know i'll try and get up and catch the sunrise um but if i don't catch the sunrise it's it's not that important really you know it's it's just about being out there it's about focusing on the ride itself and not letting the worries of the world not letting the things that are affecting me on a day-to-day basis get in the way because for for me what I find, and I'm sure this is a message for, for anybody as, as well, what I find is that you can sometimes focus too much on a problem, and by focusing too much on it, you actually get in the way of the of the problem resolving itself. Um, you said it beautifully there where you said, you know, you've got 10 or 15 minutes of, of when you're riding the bike where you've still got stuff going on in your head, and that's exactly as it is. I mean, that's that's the same for cycling as it is for any meditation i mean i I don't know if you've ever actually sat down and and done kind of a more traditional kind of meditative um exercise as well but it's exactly the same with meditation those five those first five ten fifteen minutes are turmoil because you've got all of this kind of storm still going on in your head and then after that 10 minutes it starts to ease it starts to calm and you can start to see the bigger picture Yes, yes, yes. No, um, you know, I've never done anything like normal meditation, traditional, let's say, uh, meditation, because I cannot really something like challenge and overpass these 10, 15 minutes. You know, I am in the classic situation when I start sitting down, trying to focus on myself and meditate and stuff, that everything, I don't know, your nose is starting itching and then you don't feel comfortable with the left foot. And then when you are on the bicycle, you are forced to not think about anything else than not riding and actually doing something repetitive. So anyways, moving your body, moving my body, helps me on making some space in my in my head because at a certain point everything starts being mechanic but still you need to do yep. it so but yeah the meditation the traditional meditation for me has this problem well it it, it does but it actually it, i don't think that there's much difference there with, you know with what you're describing because you know that traditional med- meditation is just the same it's it's this sense of actually just being in the here and now 
and and when you ride the bike you're being in the here and now it's it is just the same it's but the the trick is to not be guided down a particular path of becoming attached to a thought and i think when you're cycling you can't because if you if you if you do start to get attached to a particular thought you're going to crash you're going to end up in a hedge you're going to end up hitting the back of a car you know there's there's something like that so there is this additional um incentive to to stay focused and it, it is just the same any meditation is the same it's just about the practice of staying focused and staying focused on the here and now yes 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 also because it happened to me a couple of times one super bad last year and i was going i was going to work and I was thinking already about a couple of problems that I have at work. I was commuting to work. And at a certain point, I completely, I don't know, I found myself directly bouncing on the guardrail on the right and then finding myself on the floor bleeding. And then I said, okay, I, I, what it happened? And it's not because I hit my head. I didn't. It was just because I was not there in that moment. And that's always bad on the bicycle. You need to be there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um I've, yeah, I've been yeah, yeah. fairly fortunate. I've had that in the actually, but I hope you're okay now. No, 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 no. It was actually just a stupid thing. I just uh, after two weeks, I was out making a race, so it was totally fine. <laughs> not too bad. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, what I was saying is actually you're sounding more like a runner. There, Run, runners tend to do that, don't they? They they injure themselves and then just go out the next day running again. And you think, for God's sake, give it a rest. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you fall you are no, not your crash but you fall from a from a horse ride you have to jump back on your horse straight away otherwise you're gonna be scared forever yeah yeah okay well yeah <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. it's the same thing it's a terrible analogy stefano because i'm terrified of horses but yeah <laughs> go with it <laughs> <laughs> okay okay no, but I can tell you that, yeah, just uh, because this is also something like um, mental balance or whatever. Remember, uh, we can tell about this story. So probably you can give me this comment on that as well. Um, it happened that, okay, I crashed with a bicycle. As I was saying, I was thinking about work and I didn't realize that I was actually crashing. I crashed. And then I just jumped back on the bike and then uh, I went to fix the bicycle two weeks after, or maybe less, it was 10 days after, I was already making a race. But then during this race, I actually um, found a guy that was there. Um, yeah, he was there, he was riding with us, but he actually, his fork completely got destroyed suddenly. He crashed and then I waited with him, waiting for the ambulance and everything. It was actually bleeding, it broke a couple of ribs, stuff like this, and blah, blah, blah. And But anyways, I've seen this scene. I think I was a bit upset by that, but I jumped back on the bike. I went full gas on top of this mountain. And then I started a kind of something like a plateau that was gravel and then going up and going down. And then there, at the second time that actually I was risking to crash again, I was completely, something like, I don't know, I had a breakdown. I completely suddenly like this it snapped and i had a breakdown i had to jump back on the bike and start walking and i was walking and crying crying and walking and thinking about everything that happened to me in this week the year before the it was just an emotional breakdown like this so probably if i would go back on um on one year ago when this this happened probably i would need to do okay clarify your mind something like have a bit more of that space and stuff 
okay jumping back on the bicycle, but probably I would do something a bit easier because it was pretty stressful. And uh, it was an amazing ride. Actually, you could see the Mont Blanc all around. It was amazing. And actually also that one helped me in recovering and thing while I was crying and walking. But probably if I would go back, I would take it yeah, a bit easier. Yeah, I think so. That sounds as if you maybe pushed a little too hard there, but... Uh... You know, but I guess what you're saying is is very true, isn't it? It's it's the idea that you can be cycling along, and actually something can just affect you t- to that extent. You know, it can be that powerful where suddenly, for you know, apparently out of the blue, you can start to to break down. You can start to cry, and I, I guess the the trick is to know well, okay, what's going through your mind at that point? What's going through your mind, and and that can often help you to resolve stuff that maybe has been, you know, bubbling around under, under the surface for some time as well. Yeah, because you are facing it, right? Once it actually this pops up with all this power that start, you start crying, you start sobbing, you're really there that you are suffering at a certain point, then you are really recognizing, okay, here is a problem. Probably this one is the first step, the most important one, where you can face it and solve it. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. you are putting really yourself in trouble in this way. Yes. But anyways, it's so normal. It's so natural. I try to say it loud all the time. There's not any problem of having moments where you are feeling down, where you are actually, I don't know, overwhelmed by stress and stuff. The important thing is recognize it and try to find the best solution for you to solve it. Absolutely. And sometimes the best solution is, as, as you just said before, that it's acknowledging it. It's actually... You know, it's recognizing that sometimes distress is normal and sometimes distress is good because it helps you to see what the problem is. Um, you, you know, I think oftentimes I'll, I'll find in my job, but also in, in my life, you know, I come across people that are struggling not so much with whatever the problem is, but they're struggling because they're feeling out of control. And, you know, it's the distress itself that people need to address sometimes it's the distress that it, it's the nature of that distress that they, they need to be concentrating on and thinking okay my my brain my body is telling me there is something wrong what is it and and starting to deal with that yeah exactly just maybe going one couple of steps back on the thing that you were just mentioning about your job and stuff uh it's pretty clear that you're using the by using the bicycle anyways to uh, also as a tool in order to get back to yourself and to find yourself and to have space and to meditate. Are you also because of your job uh, suggesting this to your uh, patients or also to your team? Because I can understand that actually also your colleague can have a bit of problem with stress, especially doing super delicate job. Or you think that everybody should find his own way? No, I. I... I often do recommend cycling and other exercise to to patients and to to colleagues. Um, you know, I think it, it, it's a wonderful way to, as I said in my video, I suppose it's a wonderful way to put the world to rights. And um, for me, you can't have enough of it. You know, this when you when you do it right, it, it's addictive. When you know, when you've got to that zone where you're actually enjoying the ride and you've got the buzz of the of the tires and and things are flowing well and you're actually getting somewhere and you're out in the beautiful scenery and you're focused on the ride itself it stops everything else it stops that turmoil in your brain for for a, a while and that's 
that's just a wonderful sensation and i just wish more people would do it um so yes i do i recommend it a lot and i i recommend it not just because of the the meditative qualities but also because of the the physiological qualities as well it can make you feel better about yourself for sure it makes you physically more healthy and it actually starts things firing in your brain to make you feel good um so yeah you can't get enough of it yeah 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 makes a lot of sense actually i'm trying to suggest also um in all my jobs in all my uh, activities that i've done i try to suggest also to sometimes to my colleagues something like okay why don't you just even just in the lunch break or whatever why just you don't go out do some sport or just let's go out and have a, a lunch ride or whatever like this then you come back to the office you're sitting back on your on your computer and probably you're gonna find the solution you're gonna feel better exactly yeah i, I mean i think it's it's well documented isn't it that people that commute to work or people that exercise regularly do find they're more productive and, and happier and healthier in their in their workplace as well so yeah you kind of do enough of it really <laughs> yeah for sure uh still talking about your challenge and your adventure um i don't want to be super direct but i'm gonna be super direct as well so if i'm going too directly on the point just stop me do you think that without ampler so without yourself uh submitting your challenge and then them uh answering to you so without ampler do you think you have you would have done it anyways or you think that actually having this commitment was the right uh the right push on you on doing it on doing this travel from your home to your life i i think i would have probably done it at some point i'm guessing i would have, i would have done it um maybe in another five or six years um but having said that in all honesty i don't know whether that's just my procrastinating mind saying oh yeah i'll do it someday and then never did whereas what what ampler did was it provided the catalyst for me to go okay what why wait you know why am i considering waiting another five or six years so without ampler there's not a there's not a question i wouldn't have done it yet whether I'd have, i would have done it at some point i'm not sure i'd like to say yes but possibly not and while you were doing it so in the middle of your challenge uh, you were there alone there was somebody following you i mean digitally and physically yep um i had ampler always there for support i mean they, they digitally they, they were right there I, you know i had um melissa uh who from ampler who was really supportive and uh was always around i think she wasn't ever very far away i think she was in scotland for a lot of my trip um and then on one of the days we also had the photographer prit as well who did some pretty stunning um pictures and, and well he was he was the guy that put that video together which was superb um they were really helpful now in addition to that i, I mentioned before about my uh, girlfriend i i am with a uh, somebody else now um with emma and mm -hmm. uh emma was traveling around she actually had never been to scotland ever in her life before so she was traveling around but on a couple of the days she caught up with me um saw me for the evening which was really helpful because she actually carried some of my my clothes and some of my belongings so i wasn't left with the same pretty horrific stuff for the, for the whole journey i was able to get it changed at some times as well um so yeah it was useful i did have people around but it was it was nicely balanced, Stefano, in that I had people around when I want them, 
when I wanted them, but also I had enough space to myself because that's what I, that was what really important to me was to make sure that uh, this wasn't just something where I was being followed all of the time. I I had that time on my own, and and sometimes I had time on my own that I didn't really want as well, frankly, because there were occasions. There were, there was one occasion I think on the first day I got lost. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, it happens to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was around about half past ten at night. And I was still a good 30 or 40k away from where I was supposed to be. And uh, I remember at that point thinking, oh, God, I've, I've bitten off more than I can chew here. But it was it was really helpful as well in that, you know, I, I wanted this to be a challenge. And uh, my word, it really was a challenge. You know, so, some of those times when I was feeling pretty desperate, where I didn't even know where I was, my lights were failing. Um and I was thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get to my first stop. Um, it was moments like those where, although it would have been lovely having somebody there to just pick up my bike and take me somewhere else, then it wouldn't have been a challenge. No, it's true. It's true. It's true. Talking about challenge, um, there were some moments there when you thought, like this one that you were describing, first day, still 10, 13 the night, still 40Ks from your destination. But there were some moments where you said, I will cut it here. It's enough. Um, there were one or two moments, I suppose, where I did feel like like that. I I never really thought no that you know I'm I'm I've had enough. That's it. But there were certainly moments. Uh, I mean, the first three days it rained pretty much solidly, um, and that was that that was quite miserable at at times. Um, it was. It was quite difficult sometimes. I, I, I mean, I have to say, the, the, the Ampler bike was absolutely superb, and Am, Ampler as a company are brilliant. But there were times when actually having the e-bike was making it more difficult uh, as well, in that the e-bike only had so much range. And so what I would tend to do was, uh, I mean, the, the app attached to the bike is brilliant, and it, it allows you to taper down the, the power output of the motor so that you would have sufficient range. But it, it got to the point where actually the, the power output may as well have not been there on, on some occasions. So therefore, I had a, a heavier bike. So I was carrying a motor, a battery, and all my luggage on a bike that would have been heavier than just a conventional bike. And it was raining. And I, was, I would be stressed thinking, where can I get the bike charged next? Or how far till the next charging point? So... You know, there were times like that where it did feel pretty desperate. And then, of course, I hurt my foot as well, which was, uh, is another story. Um, but that that slowed me down a little bit on a couple of the days because it was in quite a lot of pain. Um, but, you know, to answer your question, did I ever feel as if that's it, I've had enough? No, not, not really. Um, I think when I reached Iona, uh, I felt quite despondent i was expecting to feel elated because i'd done this and actually i didn't it it wasn't that it was an anti-climax i think it was a case of i in my head i'd had this target of what i was trying to achieve and what i was trying to achieve over the last eight years was to re remain fit enough and healthy enough to get to the point where i was able to go to iona on, under my own steam and of course i'd done that and suddenly having done that i thought okay that's it it's over now um and I found that quite emotional for a time. So I felt I felt delighted I'd achieved it, but also felt a little bit 
um, despondent. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, anyways. You have done a really, really, really. This was anyways an amazing, amazing challenge, and uh, I would say that you accomplished it perfectly and amazingly. And how did you feel straight after finishing the challenge? And how do you feel now about that? I I was delighted. I was absolutely over the moon because there were periods of time where I thought, I don't know if I can do this. Um, and then as I got closer to home, I mean, the, the last day, I thoroughly enjoyed my last day, partly because I was I was going home and I was going to see my family and also sleep in my own bed that, that night. But this helps. Uh, yeah, it definitely does. But also, I I just thought, you know, I'd really proven something to myself because it, it was it was a long way. I mean, I know other guys out there, you know, ride a lot further than me. But but for me, that was further than I'd ever ridden before, and and I was really proud of myself. Um, interestingly, I got home that day, and I, I took the uh, the panniers and the pannier rack off the bike because I thought, well, I'm not using them again. <laughs> and, uh, and, the following morning I woke up and found myself looking online at the next challenge and I thought you know actually I could do that again um so uh yeah I you know I do have some plans I've been looking at exactly let's talk about that let's talk about next plans what do you have in mind what I have in mind next year uh, uh, have you heard of the north coast 500 yes I do (laughs) yeah okay well I've got a real um desire to do that so i think next year that's my plan is to do the north coast 500 up in scotland um that that to me seems like quite a, a good challenge to start i mean i know it's quite hilly it's actually slightly less distance than i did um to iona and back but uh, i'm sure it's going to be a, a little bit of a struggle in places but i've never been that far up north in scotland before i've been to inverness but i've not been any further so uh, i should look forward to that one um um also uh, well just before we started i know you were talking about the the pan celtic race as well it looks as if that one's booked out but i, I will i'll put my name down for it you never know um send a message to matt you never know you were actually knowing about that from me yeah. so i don't know let's yeah. see so i might do that and then another challenge i've got for next year uh i know it's a cycling thing and i'm sorry about this but <laughs> uh i'm also I turn 50 next year, so I'm going to be doing some runs. So I turn 50 in March, and I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, the Kielde Dark Skies? No, Kielde Docks. The Kielde Dark Skies. So you'll have heard of um, Kielde Forest and Kielde Reservoir. Have you in the north of England? Uh, yes, 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 for sure. Okay. Well, it's it's one of the largest dark sky um, reserves in uh, Europe, I believe. And... Every year they do a nighttime run um, in Kielder, which is absolutely stunning. Now, the last two years I've done the half marathon, so during the night in the pitch black in the forest, and it's just absolutely stunning. But they do another event, which is called the triple event, which is where over three days you do a 10K, a marathon, and a half marathon. Um, And if you manage to do the triple event, then that gives you some kind of special god status presumably um and um i'm going to do that next year as well so that's march but also i've got a few 
a few plans to do a bit more cycling as well. Amazing! It looks like it looks like you have a plan there. But talking about the cycling yeah. um, challenge that you want to do, are you going to do them with the Ampers or with an e-bike or with a normal bike? You know, I don't know. Um, I've I've thought about it. The Ampler certainly could. I have to say, it is a brilliant commuter bike. I've used it quite a lot for um, commuting in the last couple of months, um, and it's superb for that. <laughs> Partly because I can be really lazy and just put it on full power. <laughs> uh huh. And the kilometers are not too many. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, well, it's not. It's not that far. But also, it it um, it does sort of help a little bit because I, I can wear my work clothes and I'll, I'll not turn up to work all sort of sweaty and, and stuff as well. Um, whether I'll do the 500, the, the NC500 on the Ampler, I'm not sure because it did cause a few a, a few problems. Not the bike itself. The bike is brilliant. But just finding places to charge it, it might be a bit of an issue. Um, so, uh, you know, jury's out. Maybe I'll take both and I, I'll see if, if Emma or uh, one of my uh, boys wants to follow me in a camper van. And then they, I can swap bikes over or something and, you know, maybe try that way in, instead. So few different plans there. Another plan I've got is, um, do you use mm -hmm. Strava? Everybody yes, uses sure. Strava, don't they? Um, exactly. If it's not on Strava, it doesn't exactly. it didn't happen. But it, I'm, I'm not a cheat. So if I'm using my e-bike, I, I do record any rides on, on the Ampler as an e-bike ride. And what I've, what I've noticed is that there are no segments specific for e-bikes. So one big challenge next year is I'm going to set up a load of segments for e-bike riders around um, my sort of local area because then I'm going to be the king of all of them. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it's not much of a challenge, but, you know, it'll make me feel. Yeah, yeah it's already something anyway. So you're putting there some uh, uh, thresholds, some levels on the e-bike. It's going to be okay. Exactly. I'll put some benchmarks down. There you go. Some benchmarks, exactly. And I don't know, just talking about e-bikes in these events or whatever, you have to see if they will allow you on riding an e-bike in one of those events. Yeah, I'm not sure I would I, I would do that. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about e-bikes because I know they come in for a little bit of, of criticism sometimes, don't they, from um, more sort of conventional cyclists, I suppose, that regard them as, as cheating and, you know, give them a little bit of bad press. But I have to say, actually, there's definitely an argument for an e-bike. Now, I'm a, I'm a cyclist. I've been a cyclist for pretty much all 50 years of my life. Um, and I'll quite happily chop and change my, my cycle. So occasionally I'll go out on my road bike, sometimes on a cross bike, and sometimes on the Ampler. And I use them for different purposes. You know, I'll use... I use the Ampler for commuting, but I'll also use the Ampler for sort of tapering my efforts and things as well. Now, you know, that's, in my opinion, that's a completely viable and, and valid way of training. If, you know, so if I'm, if I'm training for a bike ride or even if I'm training for a run, I might choose to still prefer to do a route, but I might choose how much additional um, uh, support I'm getting from, from the motor. And I I don't see a problem in that. I think it's a, it, it's perfectly reasonable to do that. It's a, it's a legitimate use of a, of an e-bike. Um, sometimes it's good to just go out and actually do an easy effort. And, you know, why is it that when we cycle, we, we always feel the need to 
push and push and push. Sometimes it's nice just to get out and just enjoy the the fresh air and just enjoy the ride. Um, and also for a lot of people, and I know I hear this argument, I think it's perfectly valid. Well, e-bikes are useful for people that are maybe you know are physically unwell, maybe got long-term conditions, or perhaps people that have been injured as well. No, I, I will use the the ampler, but I, I'll not only use the ampler. You know, I think the I, you can't beat the that kind of sensation of a of a real road bike for sheer speed and that that sort of power transfer that you get when you're pedaling. So I'll I'll continue to use that one as well. Yeah, well, if I have to say a couple of words about e bikes, I would say that people that are arguing about okay, but you cannot take the e bike, the e bike is cheating. I would say a couple of things here is one of these is that whatever bike is good if it takes you out from home. So if you like just to go on the road bike, take the road bike and do it. If you like gravel bike, take a gravel bike and do it. If you like a mountain bike, take the mountain bike and do it. If you like the e-bike, take the bike and do it. Because anyways, it's your joy is not somebody else judging you. Do it and whatever it is. So I will never take this argument around and saying, okay, you cannot use an e-bike because it's cheating. It's just yourself going out on the bike. So whatever it is, do it. The second thing that I want to say there, and I have a conversation with a friend of mine. He follows the um, WES, West, I think, is the world championship for e-bike, uh, enduro and, uh, anyways, mountain bike things. And the point is that also with an e-bike, it's super cool because everything gets more technical also on the uphill, not only the downhill. So it's pretty funny to ride this yes. kind of bike. So. Use whatever you want and still have fun on the bike and whatever. Anyways, we have all, if you have a cellar or a flat or whatever, full of bikes. So <laughs> yeah, it's always good. Do you follow the N plus one rule as well? Do you? Uh, leave me alone. I'm looking for a new gravel bike and I have already three bike. But I... I'm going to bring one bicycle down uh, to my birthplace, to my mom. So every time that I'm going to go there visiting area, I have a bicycle to ride. And then I'm going to keep one commuting bike, one road bike. And if I'm going to get soon, I hope, yep. also grab a okay. bike. Yeah, you're pretty converted here. I think I, I, I've actually lost count of how many bikes I've got. But I've got three bikes that are my, my go-to bikes. So I've got my cross bike, my road bike, and now my Ampler as well. Um, they, they take pride of place. Yeah, 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 perfect. Andrew, thanks a lot for your time. It was really inspirational, super good conversation. It was really great, great pleasure to have you here today. Thank you, Stefano. I really enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, nothing. Thanks a lot. And I'm looking forward for your next challenge. If you need any inspiration here, give me a shout. We can actually plan something together, maybe. Wonderful. Okay. Amazing. Ciao, Andrew. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Now. Bye bye. Andrew, really, this was an amazing chat, and I have to say thank you. Is is Andrew is an amazing person. We had a long chat before and after. We are still talking from time to time via email. It's really, really a great guy. Really a great guy. And I have to say thanks to him because we recorded this interview in a Friday evening. And I don't like actually to disturb people on Friday evenings, especially in the England or especially in the UK where people already around five o'clock, they are drinking beer. So they deserve to do after a stressful week. 
Thanks a lot, Andrew, for this talk. And I have to say also thanks a lot to all the people that were involved in this interview. I have to say thanks for sure to John of Tuton. I have to say thanks to Gui. I hope it's the correct pronunciation of your name, but it's not going to be the one that I'm going to mispronounce the most. But yeah, thanks, Gui, who put me in contact with Tuli. Hopefully it's the right pronunciation, who is the PR manager of Ampler. To all of you people and to Andrew, thanks a lot for letting me tell this amazing story that I hope that all of you people there on the other side of the microphone liked. And in order for understand and for let me know that you like this story and you would love me to continue telling these stories, just if you can head to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, click on the subscribe button, review and rate this podcast. It's pretty, pretty important for me. Well, I think that everything is on. Still, the bicycle didn't arrive again. Still, my open app is not here. Finger crossed for me to see it in the next future. And I will talk to you next week and keep and I will keep you posted on all the things that are going to come in the next week. Bye. Thank you.